Thanks for joining us today for the Fellowship Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, visit fbcpanamacity.com. Now, here's today's message. You have your Bibles, if you would, take and turn to Psalm 78. Psalm 78 it is a joy to be here with you. I was uh, telling our son-in-law, Michael, yesterday, we've been coming here for, uh, I think, about 27 years now. Uh, I grew up in the metro Atlanta area, and so we would always come down here for vacation. And I say always, but every few years. And and uh, so it was, uh, it was good to be here. It's good to see some familiar faces. Brother Helms, you were you were here the first time we came, and and uh, thank the Lord for you and your faithfulness. But uh, I want to be a, a help to you this morning. You know, the Bible's not just good for doctrine. It's good for practical application. And I, I want to share a truth with you this morning that uh, was shared with me, and I hope it'll be a help to you. Psalm 78, look with me if you would, verse number one. We'll read down through verse number eight. The Bible says, Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old. Now notice verse 3, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. Notice verse 4, we will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he hath done. For he hath established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. Do you see in, in verse number six and also in verse number four, it talks about showing the generation to come. Verse six, that the generation to come might know them. I want to speak to you this morning on this subject, showing to the generation to come. Let's pray. Father, please help me now this morning for the next few minutes to be a help to these, your dear people. Lord, this is your word. These are your truths and these are your people. So Father, use your word this morning, the lives of us as your sheep. And Lord, we'll be careful to give you the honor and the glory for what you do, what is accomplished. We ask it in your precious name. Amen. If you would please be seated. I um, my My wife and I have been married for 30 years, a little over 30 years, and, um, and we have four children, and now we have five grandchildren, and and I thank the Lord that that my children serve the God of their fathers, and uh, and uh, our one of our daughters, uh, she we gave her a, a journal Bible one year, I think for her birthday or for Christmas, and and she does a great job of of walking with the Lord, but also journaling that, and she was reading this passage of scripture and. And uh, some some something jumped out at her, and she sent me a text from her journal Bible, the the notes that she had taken. And I told her, I said, "That that's great. That's a great truth." And she said, "Yes, sir. I know it's from the Bible." 
And I told her, I said, I'm going to steal that. And she said, that's why I sent you the picture. And, uh, and so if I preach good sermons, they come from my kids. And uh, now I'm teasing, but uh, they come from the Bible. Amen. But uh, I was just very thankful to, to in, in that moment, to have a child that spends time in the Word, and God speaks to her through the Word, and she writes things about the Word and the truths. You understand that, that this is truth. And you understand that if you're saved this morning, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to guide us into all truth. And you understand this morning that you don't necessarily, I thank the Lord for your pastor. I'm very grateful for his humility. You All the work that's been done and the renovations and everything. And you think he'd put a chair up here to sit on the platform, but where does he sit? He sits on the front row, his humility. And I'm very thankful for him. But uh, you, you stop and think of just all that God has done here through the years, and you realize that there's another generation coming. And Brother and Mrs. Markham, I think 20-something years ago, y'all were here too when we first came. And so to see uh, Brother Helms and Brother and Mrs. Markham and, and to understand the generation before us and realize that we have a job according to 2 Timothy 2, 2, the things thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same Commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. You know, we're supposed to take the things that were handed to us and hand them to the next generation so that they can hand them to the next generation. And that is what the psalmist is talking about, is that there are some things that we understand, some truths that we have from the Word of God that we are to take, and we are to not just tell the generation or give it to them, but we are to show them, we are to model them for the next generation. The psalmist points out that the children of Israel had heard and known the sayings of our father. And that, listen to this statement, every generation has a responsibility to the generation after them. Every generation has a responsibility to the generation after them. The Jews were commanded in the book of Exodus to show to the generations to come that what the Lord had did, did for them and bringing them out of Egypt and bringing them into the promised land. And they had a responsibility to remind the next generation or the generations after them. That is part of why the Passover was instituted so that each generation could know and understand what God had did for did for them. Hey, and by the way, do you understand that's part of the reason why the Lord's Supper is instituted so that we can show the next generation. You understand in observing the Lord's Supper, you always have kids go, I want to partake. And you have to explain to them biblically why they can or cannot partake. We have a responsibility to show the generation coming what God has done for us. Now you understand in Scripture, Egypt has always pictured the world. And the children of Israel came out of Egypt and out of bondage and into deliverance. And those of us that have been delivered out of the bondage of sin and into the deliverance of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ have a responsibility to show to others and to tell others of what Christ has done for us and to especially to make sure that the generation to come our children and our grandchildren know of what God has done for us. And so I want to very quickly this morning, I want to show you what we must do. I told you the Bible's good for not just doctrine, but also for application, practical application. Amen. 
And so I want to show you some things from this passage of Scripture of what we must do from this passage that gives us, that models us and tells us what we must do to show the generation or the generations to come the praises of God. Number one is in verse number four, that just is what it is, the praise of the Lord. In verse number four, we will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come, notice this, the praises of the Lord. Roughly 150 times, I thank the Lord for Brother Josh. He, he, he texted me the other night, do you have an outline? I'll throw it up on the screen. I text him an outline. There's my text. Amen. And so now you have the whole sermon. So good. I can close in prayer and we can go eat. Oh, 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 I see it up there. Oh, thanks. This is in case I lose my notes. Thanks, Brother Josh. I appreciate that. Y'all are high tech here, man. Amen. And praise the Lord. What must we do? Number one, praise the Lord. You, you know, roughly 150 times in the Psalms, it talks about praise the Lord. Do you understand God deserves to be praised? Now, now listen to me. Don't get mad at me. We spend far more time doing like the children of Israel, complaining to the Lord than praising the Lord. Do you understand the children of Israel, more of them were killed because of murmuring and complaining than anything else. The one thing that made God mad about the children of Israel was that they murmured and complained. Hear all the works that he had done and all the plagues that he had done in Egypt to bring them out miraculously from Egypt. And they get into Egypt and they said, oh, would to God that we'd perished in Egypt. Because they had to eat angel food cake. Manna from heaven. They said, oh, that we had the leeks and garlics from Egypt. They despised the blessings of the Lord and the deliverance of the Lord, and they murmured and complained. And guess what? They perished. But there came another generation, and God said, all the complaints that you have and all the worries that you have about the generation to come, I'm going to let them see the goodness of the Lord in the promised land. But we have a responsibility to show the generation to come the praises of the Lord. Don't, don't turn there, but if you're making notes, jot this down. Psalm 107, Psalm 107, verse 18, verse 15, verse 21, and verse 31. Psalm 107, verse 18, 15, 21, and 31 all say this. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. God's desires that we would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wondrous works in our life. Hey, let me ask you a question. Are you saved this morning? Then we ought to praise the Lord that we're not going to die and spend one second in a place called hell. Hey, hey, I, I, I know it's a Baptist church, so I don't want you to get excited to this morning, but you're saved. You're only going to heaven someday. You know, I, I remember, I remember, uh, Pastor Bro, I remember a preacher telling a story that, that he always wore glasses and he wore them like this. And, and a man came up to him and he was coming out of the hotel and he had his glasses on. A man came up to him and he shoved a gun 
you know, it was one of those motels outside. I, I, I guess it was in a rough area. Shoved a gun in his belly and said, give me all your money. And the, the preacher looked over his glasses and says, young man, you can't threaten me with heaven. Now, now, folks, please don't take this wrong. You're not getting out of this world alive. But it's so bad, we're going to heaven. Now, listen, I, 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 I'm not belittling, belittling or, or making light of the trials and tribulations that we go through. Yea, and all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. We're going to go through them. But guess what our end goal is? Our end destination is heaven. No matter what I'm going through, it is not going to take away my salvation because nothing can take away my salvation. So when I go through things, I stop and step back and have to remind myself, I'm going to heaven. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What our children see is they see us complaining to the Lord instead of praising the Lord. God tells us what our children need to see is us praising the Lord, not complaining to the Lord. Please listen to this statement. Stop telling God how big your problems are and start telling your problems how big your God is. We, we teach the kids. The kids are in junior church. Uh, you know, they're being told he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. Hey, you know, according to Isaiah, the, the Bible says the span, the, the universe is fit in the span of God's hand. The span is the distance between your thumb and your pinky. Isaiah said the Milky Way, the universes as we know it, that's right there in God's hand. So that, that song, he's got the whole world in his hands, it's true. Biblically, according to the book of Isaiah, he does have the whole world in his hands. So if we have such a big God, why are we always complaining? We ought to show the generation to come the praises of the Lord. They'd have a lot more confidence in who our God is if we displayed confidence in who our God is. You know, our, our, we miss, I pastored. I started to say we pastored, but I guess technically I pastored. And uh, But hey, no, I, I don't have time to chase rabbits. I thank the Lord for your pastor's wife because I, I, I married and my wife was a pastor's wife. And so the one person that knows your pastor and all of his humanity is your pastor's wife. And yet she still comes to church and smiles when he preaches. Man. But, but. You know, it, it, it boggles me that times that, that, that we complain. Now that we're out of the pastor, one of the things that we're a little more, our kids are grown, so at times we're a little more transparent about things. Our kids are like, we didn't know that. We're like, yep, you didn't have a responsibility to know that. You were children. We're adults. Amen. Then as adults, we need to be adults. As adults, we need to be adult Christians as well and show the generation to come, our children, and for those of us that are older and have gray hair, our grandchildren, the praises of God. I love to hear my grandkids praising God, singing praises. My daughter was sent us a Snapchat 
I don't do these things. They, uh, my kids, they put me on these things so I can see. And, and here's my kids, uh, early in the morning, you know, and, and what were they, I don't remember what they were singing. They were singing some song. They're walking around this hotel, uh, the lobby area where the food is. They're getting their food. Oh, he's got, uh, deep and wide, deep and wide. There's a fountain flowing deep and wide. And here my daughter's walking around. Here they are in public singing deep and wide. Hey, it's good enough for children, grandchildren. It's good enough for us as adults. We have a responsibility to show the praise of God. May I say number two, we have a responsibility to pattern his strength. Pattern his strength. Look with me in verse number four. Showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength. You know, God gives us strength in temptation. God gives us strength in trouble. God gives us strength in sickness. God gives us strength in weakness. God gives us strength in service. God gives us strength in spiritual warfare. You get that? God gives us strength, period. I want you to listen to this statement. Spiritual warfare. God gives us strength. Life is a spiritual battleground, not a playground. Life is a spiritual battleground, not a playground. And there's too many times we as Christians play at the Christian life instead of realizing it's a battle. Our flesh battles against the spirit. The spirit lusteth against the flesh. The spirit, the Holy Spirit inside of us wars with our flesh. You know why? Because we war with our flesh. Paul said the things that I would, I don't. The things I wish I did, I don't do. Paul understood it. But God gives us his strength. And what we have to do is we have to pattern our life and model his strength in our life for our children to see. Do you understand what leadership is? Leadership is learning to hide when you're panicked. And I say that, I'm talking about learning to hide your panic when you're panicked. I don't like heights. Do you know how you get to Asia? Airplanes. I could go by boat, but it would take months like it did out and out Judson. I don't want to do that. It takes 30-something hours now on a plane. You know, they don't fly at treetop level. They fly at, you know, anywhere from 36 to now roughly close to 40,000 feet in the air. I thought, my goodness. Occasionally. Occasionally something happens and, you know, the thing, the slide goes up and I glance out and I'm like, why did I do that? But you know what I do every time I get on a plane? I, I pray and I remind the Lord, Lord, I'm, I'm trusting you. I'm not trusting. My hope is not in the pilot. My hope is not in the plane. My hope's in the Lord. And then I have to pattern my my life. I have to pattern his strength and I have to show that God is strong and he is able to take care of me. So when I get on a plane and my kids know that I have a fear of heights and I'm walking around the plane and I'm, you know, we hit turbulence and I want to be like, is the ground coming out from underneath? Am I going to, you know, I have to just, everything's all right. Everything's good. God's still on the throne. 
you understand that the generation to come is going to watch how you react. And what we've got to do is we've got to pattern our strength, pattern his strength, our strength. You know, Paul said, when I'm weak, then am I strong. He said, when I'm, his flesh is weak, then is he is strong in Christ. Because when we get strong in ourself, our pride causes us to be lifted up. God hates pride. We've got to pattern his strength for the next generation to see. Hey, can I encourage you this morning? You know, Romans chapter 8 tells us that Christ was resurrected by the power of the Holy Spirit. That same Holy Spirit lives in you and I. If you're saved, if you're a believer, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Guess what? That means we have the same strength and power available to us that was available to Jesus Christ when he was in the grave to resurrect. That means you and I can live a resurrected or victorious Christian life, not in our own strength, but by his strength. What we've got to do is pattern his strength in our life, not our strength, because our strength is weak. May I say number three, not only do we do that, but in verse number four, it says, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and, number three, his wonderful works. We've got to proclaim what he has done. The word proclaim means to announce publicly or officially, to declare something one considers important with due emphasis. We've got to proclaim his wonderful works that he has done. Let me ask you a question. Has God done anything good for you? Then what we've got to do is we've we've got to start proclaiming what he has done for us. We got to start publicly announcing, letting people know, hey, God's been good to me. You know, the devil's crowd has no problem speaking up. Sometimes I, I think that we, we kind of cower because they're loud and boisterous. I told the folks in Sunday school, I'm a child of the king, not just any king, but the king of kings. I'm going to be glad that I'm, I'm, that I'm a child of the king. And I have no problem letting people know that I'm a child of the king. Hey, what's the devil done for them lately? Huh? Too many times is they look at us and we, we kind of, oh, no, 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 no. I have nothing to be sorry or regretful for because I'm a child of the king. Now, I do have sins in flesh that I wish I, you know, could get victory over. Yeah, all of us do. Yeah. Brother Josh is hoping some of y'all will grow in sanctification and like coffee the way he likes coffee. Yeah, see? So we all have, Brother Josh is, you know, that patience with you. No, I'm teasing. It's easier to point out somebody else's fault than it is our own faults. What we've got to do is we've got to start proclaiming what he has done for us. And what happens is, is when we... When we do these things, when we praise the Lord publicly to our children, when we pattern his strength where our children, our grandchildren can see that, and when we proclaim or announce publicly what he has done and they see it modeled in our life, then the desired results that happens in our kids and our grandkids is, look down in verse number eight, is that number one, or I'm sorry, verse number seven, that they might set their hope in God. The desired result is that they'll have faith in God's hope. 
that they will look and be like, hey, the same God that, that, that mom and dad serve is the same God that I serve. And I've, I've seen what God's done for mom and dad. So I've got faith in God's hope. You know, as a, as a father and as a grandfather, that's what I want my children and my grandchildren to look and see. God's no respecter of persons, folks. If he will do it for me, he'll do it for them. I don't know if y'all are like me. Sometimes I look and be like, you know, Lord, you did this for Pastor Bro. Am I the stepchild here? You know? And I, I listen, I am, I am bluntly honest with God because God already knows. He knows my thoughts. I'm not perfect and God knows I'm not perfect. He knoweth my frame. He remembereth that I am but dust. But the result is, is when I praise the Lord and I pattern His strength and I proclaim what He has done, is the result that I want is that my kids and grandkids have faith in God's hope. My wife was sharing with me uh, recently that, that someone we know uh, it, it, it has been, and they raised their kids and they were inconsistent in their Christian life in so much that one of their kids is basically, a, uh, I won't say an atheist, but really an agnostic. And I sat there and I thought, man, I, we're not perfect. Please don't think so. But I, we are pretty consistent. And if I can give you one, young couples, if I can give you one thing, just be consistent. Be consistent. Be consistent. You don't have to be right all the time, but be consistent. Hey, listen, Miss Hall and I have not agreed on things when we were raising kids, we, but our kids never saw us fight with each other. If we were going to fight, we waited until they went to bed. We went in the bedroom, shut the door. Then we had knocked down drag out. Well, I still twitch to this day. That's why I have ADDs because she's tried to knock some sense in me. But the, but the truth is, is that consistency, I hope and pray because I look and all of our children are in churches that we would be a part of. That they, they serve the same God and have a desire to tell others about Christ. I thank the Lord for that. Michael, our son-in-law is here. His wife, she does uh, the veterans breakfast, serves in their church. They, they do a special thing for the veterans in their community. She comes in, cooks breakfast, and has gotten to know them. You know, why? To be a witness to them. It's another form of outreach. Faith in God's hope. Number two, number two, I'll hurry quickly. What is the desired result? Is that they won't forget God's work. They won't forget God's work. God is good. Let's not be like the children of Israel and forget the work that God has done in our life. Hey, He's still working on me. Make me what I ought to be. It took Him just a week to make the moon and stars, sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. Right? The older I get, the more things that are being taught to the kids I revert back to. You know why? They're simple truths. We teach the children simple truths and we become adults and complicate things. Don't forget God's work. May I say number three, the desired result is that they would faithfully follow and keep His commandments. Verse number seven, that's what the psalmist said, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments. You, you know, that's what all of us want. Uh, Miss Till's expecting. 
This is six, 15 and counting. Oh, no, wait, no, five. Y'all aren't going for that show. Uh, number five, number five. You know, the reality is, is that's what young parents and grandparents, that's what all of us want, is that our children will faithfully follow and keep his commandments. Not forget the Lord, but have faith in God's hope. You know what we don't want? We don't want verse number eight, that they should might not be as their fathers, a stubborn, rebellious generation. What we don't want is we don't want them to become a stubborn or rebellious generation. What we don't want is that they're a generation that doesn't set their heart aright. In verse number eight, a generation that set not their heart aright, or a generation whose spirit is not steadfast with God. Man, I like that back there. Can you just come with me to every church? This is great. I didn't have to look down once. But that's what we don't want. You got all of them up? No, you don't have them up there. That's what we don't want. We don't want them to be stubborn or rebellious. We don't want them to have their hearts not being right with God or their spirit steadfast with God. We want them to have their hope and their faith in God not forget him, but faithfully follow and keep his commandments. But it starts with us, folks. We've got to set the pattern. We've got to praise the Lord. By the way, praise is not just on Sunday on the platform. It's every single day. It's getting up in the morning. I'm done. I've gone over time. Can I tell you this? And I'm done. I can remember as a child waking up, sleeping on my grandparents' sleeper sofa, seeing my grandfather by the sun coming up in the de- in the morning with his Bible open, spending time in the Bible. I can remember as a child growing up, seeing my father every morning before he would go to work, spending time in his Bible, or seeing my dad on his knees in prayer in front of his recliner every morning, those have had a profound impact in my life. And I hope to some degree I have modeled some of the same things that I have seen in the generations before me, and I've modeled them so the generations after me see some of the same things. Because there's coming a generation after us, and there's ways that we can influence them biblically or right. And that's what all of us want to do. Isn't God good? And we need to just keep reminding everyone God's good. Thanks for listening to this sermon from Fellowship Baptist Church. Come visit us at 2501 Michigan Avenue, Panama City, Florida. For more information, check out fbcpanamacity.com. Have a great week.